Book Nine, Chapters One through Five of Of the Love of God by Saint Francis de Sales, translated by H. L. Sidney Lear. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Nine, The Love of Submission, by which our will is united to God's good pleasure. Chapter One, The Union of Our Will with God's Will called the will of good pleasure nothing save sin happens without god's will which we call absolute and his good pleasure which no one can hinder and is made manifest to us by its results let us look around at all that ever has been is or will be and filled with wonder and love we shall cry out with the psalmist I will praise thy name because of thy loving kindness and truth, for thou hast magnified thy name and thy word above all things. Such knowledge is too wonderful and excellent for me. I cannot attain to it. And this admiring love will be followed by the love of complacency, whereby we rejoice in God's infinite wisdom, power, and goodness which three attributes are specially exemplified in this our universe. Think of men and angels with all that marvelous variety of nature, quality, faculty, affection, passion, grace, and privilege with which God's providence has endowed these his creatures. And say in David's words, My song shall be of mercy and judgment unto thee o lord will i sing psalm 101 verse 1 nor can we while contemplating his mercy fail to marvel at the grandeur of god's justice both alike being the utterance of his divine power yet the severity of justice softened as it is by the tenderness of mercy so that amid the floods of his just wrath the olive branch is yet within reach of the dove-like soul which seeks the pledge of love. And so all sorrow and toil, yea, even death itself, which God has appointed as the meed of sin, are likewise by his mercy so many ladders by which we mount up to heaven. Blessed are poverty, hunger, thirst, sorrow, sickness, death persecution for albeit the penalty of sin they are so tempered by god's grace and love that their very bitterness becomes sweet one can almost say that the lost themselves but for their hatred of god would find consolation in their flames by pondering on his mercy but the saints while they exclaim righteous art thou o lord and true is thy judgment, cannot fail to see that even his judgments are lighter than the sins which incurred them, and that even in wrath he remembers mercy. Or again, let us look at home and consider the innumerable blessings, visible and invisible, as likewise the inward and outward trials which God in his justice and mercy has bestowed upon us and let us heartily accept his holy will 
and say from the bottom of our heart thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven yea lord thy will be done here on earth where no joy is unmixed no rose without its thorn no day without night no spring without winter on earth where comforts are few and toils abound but here as in heaven thy will be done by us not merely by active obedience to thy commandments thy counsels and thine inspirations but also by patient endurance of whatever sufferings or afflictions thou mayest send us so that thy will ever work in us for us and by us as seemest best to thee chapter two man's will is best united to god's good pleasure amid tribulation suffering in itself cannot be acceptable but if we look to the divine will and providence which ordains it we shall welcome it moses's rod when on the ground was a fearful serpent but in his hand it became a wonder-working rod even so afflictions seen by themselves are terrible seen by the light of god's will they are blessings the sick man rejects the potion offered by his doctor but accepts it gratefully when some beloved one tenders the cup verily love either takes away the bitterness of trial or else gives us courage to accept it it is said that the fish of a certain river in Boeotia shine like gold so long as they are in their own waters but take them thence and they become like common fish just so with afflictions if we lose sight of god's will they press on us with all their inherent bitterness but he who looks at them beneath the light of god's good pleasure sees them glowing gilt and precious imagine what abraham would have felt if called upon to kill his son apart from god's will how fearful the struggle but as yielding to god's good pleasure he clasps the sorrow to his heart how could the martyrs have rejoiced amid the flames save for that stay the truly loving heart desires god's good pleasure not in consolation only but in affliction nay more his love is quickened amid toil and woe for the very reason that love delights to suffer on behalf of the object beloved the stoics of whom epictetus is foremost confine their philosophy to abstinence and endurance to renouncing ease and worldly honour and to bearing injury toil and trouble but christianity the only true philosophy founds its practice upon three principles self-abnegation which is far higher than a mere abstinence from pleasure carrying the cross which is higher than merely enduring it and following our lord not merely in those respects but further in the performance of all manner of good works yet even so love and self-abnegation are not so powerfully set forth in action as in suffering 
holy scripture brings forth the death and passion of our lord as the climax of his love for us there are three degrees in that manner of love which we call submissive number one love of god's will amid consolations is a worthy love provided it be really god's will we love and not merely his consolations but this love is easy and needs no effort for who could fail to love so acceptable a manifestation of god's will number two love of god's will as set forth in his commandments his counsels and inspirations is a higher degree of love inasmuch as it requires us to renounce our own will and to abstain from certain enjoyments not necessarily unlawful in themselves number three love of suffering and trial for god's sake is the highest point since therein no attraction can be found save that such troubles are his will such love implies victory over natural inclination for it means more than enjoyments renounced it implies a voluntary acceptance of toil and pain the great enemy of souls was keenly alive to this fact when god having himself declared job to be a perfect and upright man one that feareth god and escheweth evil he counted that as light when weighed in the balance of the sufferings he obtained leave to shower upon the patriarch as a test loss of property loss of his children the forsaking of friends and bodily disease of the most loathsome kind yet under all this accumulation of woe job was able to say what shall we receive good at the hand of god and shall we not receive evil job chapter two verse ten words fool indeed of mighty love and indicating that job had learned to value the good things he received not only because they were good intrinsically but because they came from god's hand and on the same principle looking to god's hand he could accept even afflictions thankfully because they too come from that all-loving source we are all ready to accept what is good but true love alone can accept evil thankfully out of reverence to the hand which inflicts it the traveller who is uncertain of his road walks hesitatingly and perpetually stops to make sure that he is not going astray but he who knows his way thoroughly journeys on briskly and fearlessly even so love which seeks god's will amid consolations treads cautiously for fear of substituting self-pleasure for god's pleasure but that love which toils on amid troubles is free and bold for no sorrow but seemeth grievous in itself and it can only be welcomed for his sake who sends it as hounds are apt to be at fault in springtime and continually lose scent because the fresh vegetation around overpowers the scent of the game 
so amid the springtime of consolation love is prone to lose sight of god's good pleasure being distracted by the sweet savour of delight our lord having offered saint catherine of siena her choice between a crown of gold and one of thorns she chose the latter as in closer conformity with love willingness to suffer is a sure test of love saint angela di foligny says and saint paul gloried only in the cross in infirmity in persecution chapter three the union of our will with that of god in spiritual trials by resignation love of the cross enables men to undertake voluntary sufferings watchings fastings and hardness to renounce honor and enjoyment and such love is acceptable to our dear lord but far more acceptable is a patient loving endurance of suffering out of reverence for the hand which sends it and highest of all is that love which not only endures patiently but actually welcomes the trials which are an expression of god's will and herein assuredly the highest perfection of love is a simple acquiescence in spiritual trials saint angela di foligny describes her interior trials likening her soul to one hanging between life and death hopeless of aid unable to help himself or even to cry out for help it is so sometimes when the soul is so overwhelmed with inward trouble that its every faculty seems crushed without any hope of relief then like our lord the soul is sore amazed and very heavy even unto death and it entreats that if possible the cup may pass away one thing only being clear to it as it holds on to god's good pleasure namely that it desires above all not my will but thine be done and amid such tribulation the soul is so distraught that it is scarce conscious of its own resignation or imagines it to be so feeble as hardly to be worthy of god's acceptance such resignation cannot be joyous it is in active opposition to all natural impulses and then the heart seems so full it can scarce even pour forth such plaints as those of job or jeremiah yet still it accepts all god sends if not joyfully at least bravely and with the strength of real love and the more desolate and destitute that love is under such trial the more precious its steadfastness this conformity to god's pleasure is practised by holy resignation or by holy indifference resignation is an effort of submission you would rather live than die but god's will is death and you submit you would fain live if it pleased god and you would fain have it god's will that you should live you are ready to die but you would more gladly abide yet a while on earth job has supplied you with a perfect act of resignation the lord gave 
and the lord hath taken away blessed be the name of the lord job chapter one verse twenty one no fuller expression of patient resignation under suffering could be found chapter four the union of our will with that of god by indifference resignation gives god's will the preference but nevertheless it cleaves to many things besides that will herein indifference is higher than resignation for it cleaves to nothing save for the love of that will of course a heart in itself most truly indifferent may cleave to some earthly affection before it realizes what god's will is when eliezer first saw rebecca he saw that she was fair to look upon but he remained passive until god made known his will concerning her but so soon as that was declared he hastened to give her golden ornaments on the contrary if jacob had only sought alliance with laban according to his father isaac's desire in wooing rachel he would have been equally content with leah who was no less laban's daughter but his own wishes were implicated also and he only accepted leah as a matter of resignation the indifferent heart is not thus it recognizes suffering although uncomely like a leah to be the offspring of god's good pleasure and loves it no less than what is more acceptable nay he may even cherish tribulation most as altogether stamped with god's will if i am athirst for water what care i whether it be given me in a golden vessel or a common glass since both alike are filled with water nay i would even prefer the less costly glass wherein the water itself is more clearly seen what matters it whether god's will come before me in tribulation or consolation if in both alike i seek not save the exceeding beauty and sweetness of that will what could be grander than the heroic spirit of indifference which led st paul to say i am in a strait betwixt two having a desire to depart and to be with christ which is far better nevertheless to abide in the flesh is more needful for you philippians chapter one verse twenty three or saint martin who following in the apostle's steps nearing his end and greatly desiring to depart yet was willing to labor on for his people so long as his master willed to need him saints like these who saw heaven standing open before them and at the same time endless calls to labor on earth were able to feel absolute indifference and to desire nothing save the fulfillment of god's will not even paradise itself had greater attractions for them than this troublous world so long as god's will called them to the one rather than the other toil was a paradise to them while his will was toil paradise had been no attraction while his will was otherwise 
truly they could say with david whom have i in heaven but thee and there is none upon earth that i desire in comparison with thee the indifferent heart is as a ball of wax in god's hands ready to receive any impression at his good pleasure without choice equally prepared to accept whatever is god's will clinging to nothing for its own sake but only to that will as set forth in outer things and therefore among several degrees of his will the soul which is filled with this love of indifference will choose at all risks that which is closest to god's will he wills both marriage and virginity but forasmuch as the latter is his more perfect will the indifferent heart turns to it as we see in st paul's spiritual child st thecla in st cecilia st agatha and many more god wills the service of both rich and poor but he leans most to the side of the poor and therefore the indifferent heart chooses that service he wills moderation under prosperity and patience amid tribulation the indifferent heart selects the latter as nearest to his will in short such a man has but one supreme end god wheresoever he discerns him thither he is drawn by the sweetness of his perfume and where he is most to be found there he lingers longest he is drawn by god's will as by a very precious cord and go where it may he is ready to follow hell were sweeter to him with god's will than paradise without and were such a thing conceivable we might even say that he would choose his own eternal loss rather than his salvation were it more conformable to the will of god chapter five holy indifference embraces all things we should seek to practice such indifference with respect to all that concerns our natural life such as health or sickness beauty or deformity strength or weakness honor rank and riches so also in all fluctuations of the spiritual life dryness consolation and the like job endured a loathsome disease he was despised by his dearest friends he was overwhelmed by mental troubles st paul speaks of being troubled on every side perplexed persecuted in afflictions necessities distresses stripes imprisonments tumults labors watchings fastings by pureness by knowledge by long suffering by kindness by the holy ghost by love unfeigned by the word of truth by the power of god by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left by honor and dishonor by evil report and good report as deceivers and yet true as unknown and yet well known as dying and behold we live as chastened and not killed as sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor 
yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 and chapter 6 verses 4 through 10. Yet amid all such tribulations, the apostles stood indifferent to all save God's will, joyful in sorrow, rich in poverty, living in death, all alike to them, because alike was his will. And forasmuch as patience is the promoter of all other virtues, St. Paul puts it foremost as the token of a minister of God. To pass to the highest example of all, it was the same with our dear Lord himself, both in his material and spiritual life. For although as God he never could lay aside his eternal glory, yet in his love for man he laid that aside, and bore all the mental as well as bodily sufferings which appertained to that manhood which he took upon him. The form of a hand appeared to Ezekiel, taking him up by a lock of his hair, and lifted him up between earth and heaven. Ezekiel chapter 8 verse 3 And even so our Lord was raised upon the cross between heaven and earth, held, so to say, by his Father's hand, and yet there came the time when he uttered the exceeding bitter cry, My God, why hast thou forsaken me? Tradition tells us of a certain fish, called the sea-lantern, which, when storms run high, lifts its brightly shining tongue out from the water, so as to become a torch to the wave-tossed ships around. Even so our Saviour, amid the tempest of his passion, which shrouded every faculty, lifted up his bright, clear power of soul, which even then could not be overwhelmed, his trust in his Father's love. Into thy hands I commend my spirit, and the faithful soul which cleaves to him will ever find that resting place, come what may, of waves and storms upon his head. End of Book 9, Chapter 5